Welcome to Superpower Stories, where we share our favourite tales of Halloween hauntings with you, our loyal agents of chaos. This week's story is Dervil by Grania Keenan. Beware the she. Ara! None of ye little eejits have a clue what to do at Halloween. The old woman sucks on her pipe. Smoke unfurls from her hairy nostrils. Pathetic princess and superhero costumes. Her long, wild, matted hair rustles against her lilac shell tracksuit as she smokes. She's perched on the windowsill, keeping a beady eye on the class. Dervil Adair is transfixed by this strange teacher, a fluttering beginning deep in the pit of her stomach. Far off in the distance, she can hear a faint banging. Sure your disguise is meant to protect ye, she barks, from the shluishy, the bad ones. The banging is getting louder now, and it's making Dervil twitch at her desk, but she can't look away from the old woman. Her wrinkled face is like an intricate map to a place she recognises but can't quite remember. Ghosts, ghouls, banshees and fairies. She spits the word out. It's at Halloween that the veil between our world and their world thins. And don't they slip through the veil to terrorise humans at Halloween? Just for their own twisted, demented crack. She suddenly laughs wildly. The class chuckle nervously. Dervil's tummy flutter becomes a churning and the banging gets louder, though no one else seems to hear it. That's why ye need to disguise yourselves properly, do you hear me? Ye need to look and behave like them, so they don't snatch ye away. So the ghosts don't suck your soul off ye. So the banshee doesn't throw her comb at you and kill you dead. The old woman heaves herself off the windowsill, the pipe perched on the edge of her mouth. Dervil's heart beats to the rhythm of the banging and the churning makes her wriggle. Oh yes, they're treacherous, chaotic little fiends. Mark my words, not to be opposed. She takes some chalk and begins to write something in giant letters on the blackboard as she speaks. J. So ye wee clueless critters. O. The only thing to do. I. N. Is to run wild through the night. T. H. Be not afraid of the dark. E. Because if ye can't beat them. M. Join them. The old woman turns slowly from the blackboard and looks straight at Dervil, smiling darkly. Isn't that right, Dervil? Dervil is jolted awake. Dervil! Dervil! It's quarter to eight. Dad? Dad, banging on the bedroom door. Bedroom! Morning. Phew! It was just a dream. I'm up, she called, fanning her sweaty pyjama. I'll be down in a minute. It was just a dream, Dervil, just a dream. She climbed out of her bed and stood before the mirror. That was the third time this week she dreamt about that old woman. But she wasn't going to dwell on that because today was a big day. And not because it was Halloween. Today was the day that Dervil Adair would attend an actual, real-life, honest-to-God party. It was the first one she'd been invited to since Angela Fitzgerald's seventh birthday party almost five years ago. 
Derval shuddered at the memory. You are normal. You are nice. You can do this, Derval. Every morning, the same affirmation out loud. She'd even written it out on fancy paper and stuck it to her mirror. The thing about Derval was that she had a serious affliction. She didn't actually want to stab Angela Fitzgerald's birthday trampoline with a knife or smash her face into the birthday cake or yank Donald Higgins' trousers down in front of everyone at lunch or cover all the boys' toilet seats with cling film or plant worms in Nessa Hill's ham sandwich. She didn't want to do these things, but there was something powerful and irresistible inside her that made her do them. Every time she tried to make a friend, her own mischievous urges got in the way. And so, at 12 years old, Derval Adair was friendless. That's why it was such a shock when skinny, freckle-faced Johnny DePaul, the new boy with the pronounced lisp, asked her if she was coming to his Halloween party. She nearly fell over with the shock of it, and all she could utter was, Yeah, suppose. And he had actually smiled. Then again, he was new. He didn't know the rules in relation to Derval, which basically amounted to steer clear of Derval. She straightened her school tie, made her bed and headed downstairs. What's up, whirling dervish? Derval's dad was munching on a spaghetti bolognese at the kitchen table. He loved leftovers for breakfast. Morning, dad. I was knocking on your door for ages. You not feeling well? I was in a dream. I keep dreaming about this weird pipe-smoking teacher in a tracksuit. Who's that now? He was cutting up his spaghetti, which made Derval shudder. It was bad luck to cut up spaghetti, and Derval was highly sensitive to superstition. Never mind. Will you be back from work in time to drop me to... the thing? Derval didn't even want to utter its name for fear she'd jinx the invite. Oh, yeah, you still want to go to the party? He was trying desperately hard to sound casual. Yep, she glanced at her dad. The blend of hope and worry in his face made her heart hurt. Then you shall go to the ball, my lady. <laughs> he chuckled weakly. You want to lift the school? No, Grand, thanks. And with that, she grabbed a banana and was off. You are nice. You are normal. You can do this, Derval. You are nice. You are normal. You can do this, Derval. She was muttering the mantra to the rhythm of her footsteps as she approached the school gates. Now, Derval. She froze. It was Johnny. He was striding into school, his low-hanging school bag bouncing jauntily off his back. Um, yeah? Hi, Johnny. She muttered warily. Nobody ever greeted her in the morning. That wasn't the rule. But Johnny gave her the briefest of smiles and his warmth made Derval ache inside. She was determined not to ruin her chances today with any cruel pranks. But the schoolyard was a danger zone. The fourth class kid walking with her head buried in her phone. Derval could just pop her foot across as she passed. Just one quick movement and she'd fall flat on her face. No, Derval, no. You are nice, you are normal. Uh-oh. It's Petra Nowak with her perfect hair, skipping alongside Dario Hickey, who she clearly fancied. All it would take was one well-timed fart noise to make Dario think Petra was a big fat farter. No, hang back until they're clear of your fart firing line. 
well done. No, no, oh God, please no. A sweet little third class boy walking slowly and carefully, holding a delicately crafted medieval castle made of lollipop sticks. Derville wanted so badly to smack it out of his hands and smash it with her foot. Run, Derville, just run. Phew. She'd made it to the glass doors of the entrance. But just as she gripped the handle, her heart stopped and her stomach flipped. It was unmistakably her. The wild hair, the lilac tracksuit, the pipe. The old woman from her dream, reflected in the glass door, was standing in the middle of the playground, grinning at Derville. Derville whipped around to face her, but she wasn't there. Her eyes frantically scanned the schoolyard, but she was nowhere. She whipped back to the door. The reflection was gone. Her heart was thumping and her stomach churning. Don't be silly, Derville, you're imagining things. She kept her head firmly down until she made it to the haven of her desk. Getting through the morning was easy enough. Mr Johnson had packed it with the heavy stuff. Science, geography, history, maths. They kept her mind from wandering and her urges at bay. But as the morning break approached and she'd finished the exercise, her monkey mind started playing up again. Annika Adiemi was swinging on the back of her chair. One quick flip and she'd be down, legs akimbo. No, Derville. Keep cool, you are normal. Maybe she should just go hide in the bathroom until break time. Yes, she could take an empty roll of toilet paper, wet it under the tap, mush it up in her hand so it looked like a big poo and put it on the back of perpetually mortified Marie Mongeli. No, Derville, come on, keep it together. Her foot began to tap impatiently and she had an overwhelming urge to jump up on her desk and pound her feet to the beat of the... Where was that drumming coming from? And what was that smell? Smoke? Smoke! Her head shot up, darted around the room, but everything was normal. Except someone was looking at her. Johnny? You okay? He mouthed, bemused. Derville just nodded furtively and put her head down quickly. She wished he would stop noticing her. The more he interacted with her, the more likely she'd be to get uninvited. Why couldn't he ignore her today just like everyone else? Derville nearly leapt with joy when the bell rang out for the break. She darted into the library nook at the back of the classroom as everyone else spilled out into the yard. She could nestle into the corner beanbag safe from view and temptation. But which book to read? Celtic myths and folklore. She pulled it out and it fell open with a bang. Halloween costumes through the decades. The page was filled with old black and white photos of children trick-or-treating. Their costumes were creepy. Masks made of fabric with menacing mismatched eyes on little child bodies. Girls in pretty dresses with oversized skeleton masks. Boys in dungarees with long hook-nosed masks, grinning with bulging eyes. They made Derville shiver. She turned the page to find an elaborate illustration on two pages. At the centre of the picture was a bonfire surrounded by a scene of utter chaos. Children were being terrorised by fairies. 
They were spindly looking with long pointy nails, ugly grey skin, scraggly hair, sharp teeth and grotesque grinning faces. Their wings were huge and veiny and waxy looking. They were laughing maniacally as they wrenched the children's masks off, swung them by the hair, flipped them backwards off tree trunks, held them dangerously close to the fire. Her eyes narrowed to a flash of colour peeping out from behind the bonfire. Her heart stopped. Her stomach flipped. There, grinning at Derville through the flames, in her lilac shell tracksuit, pipe in hand, was a drawing of the old woman. Why are you doing here on your own? She practically jumped out of her skin. It was Johnny peeping round the bookshelf. She looked back at the image, but the old woman was gone. Huh? She muttered. What are you doing here on your own? He asked simply. I was going to put laxatives in Mr Johnston's lunch, she blurted. He looked confused. No, I was going to fill Lord Wire's retainer with marmite. What? Why was she saying these things? Why was she vomiting out her mad thoughts? She'd blown it. That was it. He knew now exactly how weird she was and she'd surely be uninvited. But he did the strangest thing. He looked straight at her, curled his lip and burst out laughing. You make me laugh, Turville. But it wasn't a nasty laugh. It was a hearty one, like she had deliberately made a joke. Was she funny? He chuckled all the way to his desk. What was wrong with this guy? Derville glanced back at the book and snapped it shut. Just put her out of your mind, Derville. You're imagining things. When the bell finally rang to mark the end of school, Derville was so exhausted from fighting her urges and thoughts of the old woman that she slumped limply back in the chair. See you later. Johnny, again! She noticed he was trying hard, but failing to curb his lisp. Oh, uh, yes, see you later, Johnny. She'd done it. She'd actually made it through the day. This was the glorious day that Dervla Dare was not uninvited to a party. Dervla and her dad sat in the car outside Johnny's big old ramshackle house. Despite her dad's groans over dinner that it was so generic. Dervla was wearing a wide-rimmed witch's hat, a black floor-length cloak, a long pointy witch's nose and bright green face paint. She was happy with generic. A normal generic no-fuss witch to blend in. So, dervish. He was drumming the steering wheel nervously. You've got your mobile if you need to. He faltered. If I need you to pick me up early? Her problem was no secret to her dad. Well, no. I mean... Uh, Derville felt simultaneously angry and guilty that her dad was agonising over his thoughts. He took a deep breath, sighed, and took her hand lightly in his. Dervish, the thing is, and I don't want you to worry too much, but the thing is, with this party, it could be really boring. A slow grin crept across his face. Derville couldn't help but laugh. I'll call you if it is, Dad. Helium balloons lined the garden path. And of course Derville wanted to pop them with her witch's nose as she approached the door. But she resisted. Before she could ring the bell, the door swung open. 
come in, come in. A woman dressed as Maleficent greeted her and swept her through the hall into the kitchen. I'm Marina, Johnny's mum. Now, who are you? I'm Dervil Adair. Marina stopped. You're Dervil Adair. Tony, Tony. Tony, presumably Johnny's dad, was devouring a giant packet of Doritos. This is Dervil Adair. Marina was presenting her like a prize. Oh, the famous Dervil Adair. He garbled, mouth stuffed full. He was dressed as Olaf from Frozen. We've heard a lot about you, Dervil. Marina grinned. What? Dervil blurted, suddenly terrified. Why? What have you heard? Marina took a beat and then let out a big, generous laugh. Johnny was right, you are gas! Was Dervil being funny again? Marina whisked Dervil through the patio doors into the garden. Dervil couldn't believe her eyes. The DePaul's garden was huge and the party was already in full swing. There was a bonfire down one end, a dance floor with decks down the other, with fairy lights draped everywhere. There was a piñata in the shape of a skull hanging from an old oak tree. There were ghost puppets and disfigured dolls hanging from branches and hedges. There was a bobbing apple station, a pumpkin carving station and a massive banquet table stacked with sweets, salty snacks, cakes and drinks. Dervil had never seen anything so wonderful in all her life. The sun was peeping low through the trees in the wood beyond the end of the garden. It wouldn't be long before it set. That thought made Dervil feel twitchy. Dervil! Johnny came bounding up to her. He was wearing an Elvis wig and a white sparkly bell-bottom suit. Oh, hi Johnny, I like your outfit. You should get fat. Because uh, you're Elvis. What? Why did she say something so weird? She was already ruining it. Johnny just shrugged. Okay, you want to come bob some apples? He didn't wait for an answer. He was off. Dervil could but follow. A group was gathered around the trough, egging on the latest attempt. Perfect Petra was dressed as an American cheerleader. Typical. Annika was a ghostbuster and Mark Lally wore a black suit with a name tag that said God on it. Dervil thought that was funny, but she didn't say anything. They tensed when she came over. They always did. But there were kids she didn't recognise there too. Another Donald Trump, she'd already spotted three since arriving, a Batgirl and a genuinely creepy looking zombie. These are my cousins. This is Dervil, Johnny gestured. They all gave her a brief nod, wave, smile, but got back to business. Who's next? Trump pushed Johnny to the floor and crouched next to him. You're going to get the biggest apple, okay? Huge. Bigger than China. Unbelievable. All those other apples are fake news, okay? Johnny rolled his eyes and dunked his head in. Trump stayed crouched down, committing fully to his character, egging him on. Eventually, Johnny emerged from the trough with an apple, drenched and victorious. Everyone cheered. OK, Dervil, you're next. Oh, God, no. She glanced furtively at her schoolmates who all avoided her eye.
The cousins, however, started chanting, Derval! 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 Johnny was beaming at her. There was no way out. She knelt down and dunked her head in. Trump crouched down level with her, shouting more Trumpisms as she nuzzled around. A thought smacked her right between the eyes. Oh no! Oh no, please, Derval, no! Too late. She sucked in a big mouthful of water and spat it into Trump's face. He froze. Eyes closed in shock. Everyone gasped. Then he opened his eyes and burst out laughing. The cousins burst out laughing. Johnny burst out laughing. Even Mark, Petra and Annika burst out laughing. But it was the good laughing and Derval found herself joining in. It was the most amazing feeling in the world. Is this what it feels like to have friends? And it didn't stop there. Batgirl cousin dragged her over to the food table. You're hilarious, Derval. Derval was so nervous about making small talk that she flung a big fat glob of guacamole from her spoon right at Petra's perfect hair. Batgirl was aghast, gripping her mouth open. Petra was fuming. That's it, I'm definitely out now. Smack! A mini cheesecake splattered on her cheek. It was Johnny, grinning from the other end of the table. Before she knew it, a food fight had erupted and kids swarmed to the table. It was utter, glorious, food-flinging carnage and Derval was at the centre of it. Her classmates were laughing with her and smiling. She was a hit! Derval felt drunk on the popularity. Let's get the disco started, Johnny panted as the battle died down. Let's get the disco started! The impersonation just plopped out of Derval's mouth. Everyone laughed. Johnny laughed. But his eyes didn't. Johnny was hurt, humiliated. And it was her fault. She suddenly felt sick to her stomach. Before she could utter an apology... She was swept up by the throng over to the dance floor. She frantically looked for Johnny in it, but he lingers dolefully by the table, picking up some of the detritus from the food fight. She tried to push her way through, but something about the beat of the music. Her body started to move to it. She couldn't help it. Her head was saying, go to Johnny. Tell him he's the only kid in school who's ever been nice to you. Say you're so, so sorry but her body kept her rooted to the dance floor. Everyone was bouncing up and down as Derval jerked and spun around. The sun was nearly fully set now. The grinning faces around her were growing shadowy. The deep churning in her stomach began and another beat pounded in her heart. But it wasn't music. It was something else, something much more powerful. Her head bobbing low, she thought her heart would explode, but she couldn't stop moving, couldn't stop dancing. She looked up and there stood stock still in the middle of the dance floor, unseen by anyone else but Derval, was the old woman, grinning at her, smoking her pipe. Everything felt underwater now, and all she could hear was the beat of her heart. She couldn't take her eyes off the woman, her grin now broken into a wide, menacing smile. She winked at Derval. Smack! The music stopped. The lights went out. There was an excited woo from the crowd. Derval's focus turned to the wood beyond the garden. Something's coming. 
The patio doors of the kitchen slammed shut of their own accord. Marina and Tony tried to open them again, but they were locked. The bonfire suddenly went out as if it had just switched off. Silence. Then the scream started. A bursting sound made the earth shudder. It was coming from the woods. A blast of air came whooshing through the garden, and with it, they came. Shadows at first, but as they approached, they took their horrific form. A throng of grotesque fairies, just like the ones from the book, came swooping over the garden fence, hovering menacingly over everyone. They perused the crowd as if they were sweets at a picnic. The screams swelled and a swarm of kids ran to the patio doors, pounding on them to be let in, but it was no use. Derval dove under the banquet table and watched as a fairy picked one of the trumps up, ripped his wig off, shrieked with laughter and dropped him head first into the trough. Another bit Petra's ponytail clean off and smacked her face with it. Another licked and munched the remnants of the food fight off a trembling Deadpool and flung him aside as if he were a chicken drumstick. They were tossing people around like footballs, yanking, biting, smacking and kicking, all the while shrieking with a laughter that sounded half childlike, half bird-like. Derval's heart thumped as a stream of menacing ghosts with holes for eyes floated through the garden. They stood to attention as a tall, skinny woman-like creature with a skeleton face and long, luminous hair drifted over the fence. She was combing her hair and humming. Oh no, a banshee, she's going to kill someone. Derval knew she couldn't stay under the table. It was only a matter of time before they upended it. She spied a thick bush at the side of the garden that she could climb over, up onto the fence and into the neighbouring garden. But how was she going to get there without being seen? You need to look then like them. She remembered so the, the old woman's warning. As humans. Of course! Her eyes darted around. The fairies were bypassing anyone with proper scary costumes. Derval had lost her hat and witch's nose and half her green makeup was washed off. Think fast! She dug her hands into the grass, frantically scooping up the earth underneath. She smeared it over her eyes, underneath her cheekbones, and through her hair to make it scraggly and dirty. It was the best she could do. You can do this, Derval! She dashed out from under the table, just as a fairy swooped and hovered above her. Derva let out one of those shrieking fairy laughs. It worked. The fairy moved on to some other poor soul and Derva was clear to make the fence. But Johnny, he was crouched low in the corner of the garden behind the bonfire. The banshee was floating above him, her comb lifted, ready to throw at him. That's how she kills people. The sound from Derval's belly was so deep and powerful that the earth shook. She shot up from the ground, swooped over the top of the old oak tree, darted in front of the banshee and smacked her hard in the face. The force of it sent the banshee flying back into the wood beyond, wailing as she went. The other demon ghost swooped after her. Derval, floating high, fists clenched, surveyed the garden. Who's next? she bellowed. 
But the fairies were frozen, open-mouthed, aghast. Well? With that, they scampered and scrambled over the fence and flew back towards the wood, whimpering as they went. Derval's eyes narrowed to the wood beyond. There, perched on one of the branches, was the old woman. She smiled warmly at Derval, raising her pipe as if in salute. The lights suddenly flickered on, the music played, the patio doors opened and the bonfire roared alight. All was normal again, except Derval was still suspended in the air and everyone was staring up at her. She looked down to see Johnny, still curled up in the corner, looking at Derval's shoulder. She followed his eye. She had wings, but not the veiny, leathery, grotesque ones. These were translucent and luminous. They disappeared in a flash, as if shy at the attention, and she landed gently back to earth. She came towards Johnny, but he trembled at her approach, so she stopped. Johnny, I... I, I, I'm sorry I made fun of your lisp. It came out in a big, messy, blurting sob. He just shook his head, eyes wide. She turned around and saw through the flames of the bonfire that her classmates were already backing away from her, terrified. Some ran to the house. Her eyes felt hot with tears. What have I done? What am I supposed to do now? But then she felt it tickling, something dusting her hand. It was Johnny. He slipped his fingers tentatively in between hers. She looked to him. He squeezed her hand tight. She squeezed it back. They smiled. Listening to Derville by Grania Keenan, performed for you by Aoife Spratt. Sound design and composition by Lara Gallagher and directed by Mark Ball for Superpower. Our theme tune was composed by Tom Lane. But the story isn't over yet. With each podcast, we'll be sending an interactive challenge for our listeners, which you can complete in your own time and then share with us at Superpower. Want to get involved in the world of Derville? This week, we want to see your greatest ever costume. Maybe it was from last year's Halloween party. Maybe it's one you've planned for this October but haven't made yet. Maybe, like super pal Shani Worry, it's a photo of you from the 90s, dressed as both Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at the same time. And yes, it will be on our Instagram. Share your pictures, drawings or plans for the world's best Halloween get-up with us on Facebook or Twitter at superpower or Instagram at super.power always with your parents or carers' permission. That super is in Superwoman, and Paua as in the New Zealand abalone, P-A-U-A. Don't forget to use hashtag SP stories in your posts. Thanks for listening.